I think that Ninja made the wrong decision. For sure. So, to back this up, right? What I'm talking about is Ninja just made an announcement today that he is coming back to Twitch. And Ninja's announcement got him, I think it was like 100,000 viewers. He started off by streaming. I think he started playing Fall Guys, and then he played Among Us later. So right now, Ninja made this big announcement that he's coming back to Twitch. And then just a short time later, he... I mean, this has gotten pretty good engagement. This is 2.1 million views. He posted it 10 hours ago, started the stream a few hours later. Uh, chalked up like 100K on Fall Guys and then switched to Among Us where, as of the time of this talk, he's currently sitting at like 60,000 viewers. And so I made a video a while back that was called After the Mixer Stuff Happened and How Ninja and Shroud Got Out of Their Contracts. I did a video that was How Ninja and Shroud Landed the Best Deal in Live Streaming History. And that video was basically about Shroud is going to dominate Twitch, right? And I predicted almost 100% that Shroud would go back to Twitch because his audience is there. He's like a god at FPS games. People want to watch that kind of content. And it's just the logical move, right? But Ninja was kind of a different situation. When Ninja left Twitch, Ninja was on the decline. He went to Mixer and he stayed pretty small relative to where he was at before. But what people sleep on with Ninja is Ninja's power is actually off Twitch as a platform. And Ninja has about 24 million subscribers on YouTube, and his videos are very successful. So I actually thought that Ninja's best move would be to go to YouTube, where the Fortnite crowd is still very active. He oftentimes gets many videos that are over a million views. He can also play other games. So this is him getting about a million views on a Fall Guys video. He is kind of an authority here on FPS games, and he appeals very much so to that younger audience. Him streaming on YouTube would have been such a massive comeback compared to him streaming on Twitch. And I'm trying to think through his business decision to go onto Twitch because I predicted that he was going to go onto YouTube. And the reason for that is because it just made every sense to me that he would do that based on his, based on, on like just analyzing where his business is. So it's really weird to me that he would go back to, um, to Twitch. And the only reason I can think of it is either Twitch paid him to do it, but it doesn't seem very likely. Because when he, I, I don't think that Twitch is really incentivized to make a platform deal for Ninja at this point. Because they knew that his only option really was to be there on YouTube anyway. Add that Twitch already had a platform deal with Ninja. Mixer had the platform deal. So if they offer, and so to be really clear, I actually don't know on the back end if he got offered a platform deal, platform deal or not. By which I mean that like Twitch paid him to be on Twitch as an exclusive broadcaster. Part of me kind of, like, when he says a new chapter only on Twitch, part of me kind of makes me think that this could have been a platform deal. If it was, I think that it was a lower value contract. So we're not talking in the tens of millions of dollars, right? Maybe this contract was like a couple million dollars. Relative to what his net worth is, this wouldn't have been a significant factor in making a decision to go to Twitch. I think he thinks that he can build his brand 
on Twitch as a platform? I don't think that's right. So it's not to say that like LOL Ninja is going to be a dying streamer. And by no means is this like a takedown talk or anything like that. I've long talked about Ninja being an incredibly successful content creator. And I think that he's put the work in. He's been making videos for over 10 years. He's enormously successful. He's one of the only gamers that's actually bridged the gap, the chasm between the sort of normalized market of gamers and, and non-gamers, like going on Ellen and Leno and everything. But that said, I don't think that Twitch is the very best place for him to live as a brand to grow in the future. I think it's almost certainly YouTube. We've seen YouTube people get, like people like Laserbeam, who stream very similar content like Fortnite, they can get up to 900,000 concurrence. I think that Ninja could have established himself as the authority when Epic Games does an update for new games that are coming out that are like BRs. And I don't think he should be competing across the board one-to-one -one with Shroud on Twitch. I don't think he's going to win that fight. I just don't think that Ninja's content in the way that it's evolving is going to be great for what the ecosystem of Twitch is right now. And we already saw that in the comeback, right? Like Ninja came back and had like a hundred viewer cap. hundred, <laughs> that would be terrible. A hundred thousand viewers capped. It might sound like a lot to you and me or whatever, but compare that to Shroud's returns, 400,000 viewers, right? It, like, And Shroud still is like, Basically, you can just tell that Shroud, as of the time of like this talk, right? Shroud's basically just streaming whatever the hell he wants, and he's still getting really, really great viewership because he's just so good. He plays a ton of DayZ. He plays a ton of like weird little games. He does some just chatting, kind of does whatever he wants. And both of these guys are in a position where they can just destroy it. Um, they can, they can, like they don't, they don't need to worry about anything whatsoever. I mean, they're just, they're totally cool, right? These guys are both in their early, their late 20s, like early to mid 20s. And they're both like at least worth 20 million each, right? So we're not talking about people that are making financial decisions in the same way that a lot of the top content creators are because both Ninja and Shroud are just on a different level than anyone else's by such a vast margin. The only reason that I could think that Ninja would be returning to Twitch is he might feel like collaborative stuff is stronger on the platform than it is on YouTube. Even that, though, I'm not sure that's true, as there's a lot of very prominent broadcasters who are doing incredibly well on um, YouTube. So people like Courage, people like Valkyrie are succeeding at a really high level. I don't even think that that's a factor, really. It's just kind of a mystery to me why... Ninja would make this decision to go back to Twitch. It seems to me that he kind of, either he got offered a platform deal that was compelling enough to push him over for YouTube, or he just, his, his management team just doesn't recognize how powerful YouTube is. And that's probably the most likely scenario that like he, he might. So I'm not even sure. Did he try to make a YouTube stream? Did he try YouTube streaming for a bit while he was kind of in between People are saying he did. And how did he do? How did he... He tried, like, one YouTube stream, right? And he pulled... Yeah, so he had 135k viewer peak on YouTube, which was higher than his, than his peak on Twitch, which is, like, his home platform. And he didn't even announce the stream. So, unannounced stream, 135k. First stream back to Twitch, 100K. 
someone in chat says the most likely scenario is he just likes Twitch and can do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, I think that that's, and that's actually what I said this morning when I got this news. I was, it didn't strike me as something that was like this big dramatic business decision that was like made with like a lot of information behind it. I think this guy just doesn't give a shit. He's, he got out of a contract with Mixer for $30 million or whatever it was, and he's just good. He feels like Twitch is probably better culturally for him, that he identifies with it more. Go to Twitch. And he might not just be interested in... And that's why I'm saying like people at this level are just thinking different about the way that they do things. And maybe his core, what we would call KPI, like key performance indicators, like maybe it's more based on the community he develops. Maybe because he was on Mixer, he's kind of gotten used to having smaller communities and he's cool with it's like, okay, like I think Ninja ends up somewhere around 20 to 30K on on Twitch, which isn't like really far off from like where he was at for a long time on Twitch. So he might just be chill with it. And that's the end of it. There's no like real huge business decision. We're kind of just seeing like, and, and for that reason, from a marketing perspective, I don't think we can look at Ninja and Shroud as like great examples of like what top content creators should do because they're just on another level of consideration, right? Even the top, top content creators on Twitch, like XQC consistently landing 60,000 viewers, which he has been lately, they're just nowhere near the financial stability that Shroud and Ninja have because Shroud and Ninja did platform deals. And you'll always, so this is a really cool thing. This wouldn't be a talk unless I pull out a notepad. But just to write down something that I think will stick with people, you will always, always, always make more money off platform and rights deals in esports, gaming, wherever, than you will on your individual branding. So look at the sale of Call of Duty esports, was it? Activision sale to YouTube. Was that, am I getting that right? I always forget where these esports are moving to. The sale that I'm talking about, the one that Activision, the rights they sold, it was either Overwatch or CDL or both. I believe they sold rights to YouTube this year. That was a $90 million deal, right? So Activision equals $90 million. So this deal wasn't, actually concerning any influencers or anything like that. This was just the rights to broadcast C CDL or OWL on YouTube exclusively. That's, that's where the money actually is, and that's where the money is in sports. So what is the most expensive thing that traditional sports can sell? It's literally the broadcasting rights. It's where does the NFL appear? Where What channel gets the right to, to broadcast and stream? And we haven't seen that a lot, but that's like the next step for someone like Austin, like the Austin show. You kind of saw that a little bit with the partnership with Venn. I don't actually know if there was a monetary component there. I'm sure there was. But that's where the real money and the millions and millions of dollars are going to get, like for individual people, Doing platform deals is where the millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars are going to be. And the only two people to actually reach the chasm in any significant way, there are other broadcasters who have gotten platform deals. 
But all of those are like $100,000 from Facebook, maybe a million dollars here and there. And like you might say, wow, like an individual, like Disguise Toast probably got a pretty good deal for going to Facebook Gaming, for example. I'd guess it's probably in the $1.3 to $1.5 million range. So that's nice for, for a single person, right? But for a person's broadcasting rights like Austin Show, Austin Show's show that hit 135,000 people with Dream as the guest, that show, those broadcasting rights, that's worth many, many millions of dollars, right? $15 million, $20 million, $30 million for a year of broadcasting those shows. That's where the future is going to be. It's going to be in broadcasting rights. Broadcasting rights are always more valuable than individual brands or platform deals because um, a the ability for a entity to own something exclusively is always going to be massive because then they can sell advertising against it. They can sell sponsorships against it. If you know that the NFL is going to appear on ESPN only, then you make all the money off of the commercials, all the advertisements. So owning the rights to that show, owning the broadcasting rights to that show are like a massive deal. And Ninja and Shroud are sort of the first people to kind of pass through that barrier, that sort of spiritual barrier. They're not the last. Austin Show is on the way. I think eventually shows like the Trainwrecks podcast, especially with like smart people at the helm that are managing those, they will be along those lines as well. Any kind of pre-produced shows. And you might actually be surprised to see people like Arcadum or uh, any kind of like critical role or pre-produced shows that I think are going to, they're, they're going to enter into that. So maybe we're just looking at kind of like a, a post, I say a sort of like a post, an after action report with Ninja, where really this is just him returning to a platform that he loves and he's not going to sweat. Like, sure, could you have a 30 or 40 or 50 or 100% bigger stream on YouTube? Yeah, you could. Does it really, do you really care? Right, given everything that you've got, and that you're you're still comparatively very early in your career, like it's really interesting to think about like what Ninja and Shroud are going to be doing in ten years. In ten years, they're going to be like thirty six. That's nothing. You're not even like you're a third through your life. You've got they've got so much more time and so much more to do. So seeing how these brands evolve and develop, like they probably know that and they're probably thinking more long term. It's interesting. And those are my thoughts on Ninja. I would I don't think that there's like a big and this is like to some extent one of the reasons why I wasn't sure if I was going to cover this or not because I don't think that there's like a really big compelling reason why Ninja didn't make the decision to go to YouTube versus Twitch. I think it's probably just a personal decision. I do think that Ninja could have been much more successful on YouTube and there's plenty of evidence at that at this point of that. Plenty of evidence at that point that this is like that that like you could join YouTube and there would be way more growth. Just look at Laserbeam, Courage JD like hitting 250,000 viewers things like that. So just to leave it, um, people that are joining YouTube, even as much smaller brands, seem to just be catapulting to greater heights and like just making it. But that's it. That's my talk. Um, that's why I think Ninja moved to Twitch and sort of the implications of it, where Shroud and Ninja are at. I guess it was kind of interesting, huh? I think we did a good job. So thanks, guys, for coming. Um, that's the end of that talk. We're going to do some stuff after this. But if you are catching this on VOD or you're catching this on YouTube, Toss me a follow on my Twitch stream at Devin Nash and also toss me a subscription if you would. We're almost, uh, I'm trying to push for 100K by the end of the year. It'd be really nice if we get it. I think right now we're at 87, 81. Whoops. <laughs> so we're way further out than I thought we were, but we're at about 19K. So at this trajectory, we should get there. So subscriptions matter a lot and like having a silver play button would feel really good. Appreciate it.